Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And joining me is my co-host, James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire. Jay, we are just days away from the season starting. And, you know, as we speak, NFL kickoff is about to start here within the next 10, 20 minutes. So while we were recording here, so of course, we're going to be keeping our eye on that. Uh, but Jay, man, it's good to be back here with you. And again, just days away from actual football games that count and, you know, seeing what this team can do. Yeah, man, it's going to be an exciting football season. Can't wait to see how it unfolds. Um, I might change that around week five when the Jaguars aren't doing so good. But uh, I actually, as you'll see in my predictions, I actually have them starting off kind of. Let me look at it real quick. Yeah, they don't start off too bad. They'll start out too bad. So I won't be disappointed at week five yet. About week four, I'll be good. Uh, we'll see, though, man. Like, um, that being said, though, yeah, man, excited for this football season. Fans are back and able to attend the games, which you would know about. You got season tickets, so that's going to be fun. Uh, and it's going to be a, a interesting football season for us as Jags fans and Jags reporters because, you know, like we have – a college legend in the house and urban Meyer and we have Trevor Lawrence now, and it's going to go, uh, you know, I don't know how it's going to go necessarily, but I think I'm the most excited I've been in quite some time. I'm even more excited than when we had Jalen Ramsey and drafted him. I'm more excited than when we drafted Blaine Gabbert, you know, like it's hard to say we were excited about that. Now that we look at there it, there was a time, <laughs> even Blake Bortles. Yeah, and Blake Bortles. So I'm I'm more excited than I was at at, at uh, any point in recent history. Um, and that's crazy to say because Urban Meyer is our coach, a guy that I grew up rooting against, right? As a Georgia fan, now I'm happy that <laughs> uh, he he has a franchise quarterback and he's gonna maybe help us reach new heights. So yeah, man. As always, we appreciate everybody for rating, commenting, subscribing, and any interaction they give us for that matter. And uh, ready to get to the show uh, as we have a action-packed one once again. Yeah, absolutely, everybody. So again, thank you so much for all the support. We appreciate the uh, the you know the ratings and all of that. Of course, you can find the show uh, on all of your favorite podcast directories: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can tweet the show at Believe in Jags Pod or find it on Instagram. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And you can find Jay at sportsgrind underscore Don. And before we get started, of course, we have to give a shout out to one of our OG sponsors, Bet Online. Of course, it is that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. You can get all the latest odds, props, and contests 
And those contests include uh, the internet's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at bet online, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody. So we're going to get into the episode here, which is going to, of course, go over our predictions for the season, not only, you know, record, but also bold predictions like we did last season. And you'll also hear Jay and I's Super Bowl prediction in just a moment as well. But before we do that, we do want to take care of a little housekeeping. Now, last week, if you listened to our episode, we teased that the Believe in the Jaguars podcast was going to be growing by an additional member. And, uh, you know, we have also, of course, been promoting that on social media as well. Something Jay and I were very much looking forward to. And, you know, here, of course, as you may have noticed, it's just Jay and I here this week. And, you know, we've just kind of run into some hiccups as far as communication issues and how everything is going. Now, this still may happen in the future. We're not 100% sure right now. But as always, Jay and I want to be as transparent with you as possible because you guys have been open and honest with us. And we're going to do that for you. And we have done that for you since January of 2019 when Jay and I, or 2020, I should say, since Jay and I started with Believe, we're going to continue to do that because, you know, we're professionals. We care about you guys. We care about the content that we put out. And Jay, like I said, we just wanted to be transparent about what was going on. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. But at this point, Jay and I are committed to continuing uh, to give you guys the best Jaguar content that we possibly can. So, yeah, man, as you said, man, we just want to apologize to people. We have a little hiccup to deal with there and, uh, you know, hopefully it'll get sorted out. And if, if not, we'll continue on me and you uh, to continue to provide premier content as we have and, uh, you know, have on guests and so on and so forth. We're still going to make it a quality show, make no mistake about it. But again, I just, I feel bad about disappointing the fans from that aspect of it, but it's all good. If I know our fan base and our listenership, like I believe I know them, they're going to stick around. They'll, they'll be cool with it. We'll roll with the punches and we'll get through this season together, which uh, probably is going to give us a lot of haymakers in itself. If you will. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, regardless, we'll be here with you all throughout this season. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence and company and, and how they're faring and we'll vent with y'all and give y'all a place to vent as well. Exactly. It's not like the season isn't going to give us plenty to talk about. So we're not too worried about it. Of course, if it comes to fruition, great. We'll continue to roll with the punches. And if not, same thing. So we'll see what happens. And of course, we will keep you guys up to date with everything that is going on on our end. As Jay mentioned, you know, we honestly cannot thank you guys enough for the support from this show. You know, it's been wildly popular and the feedback and the response has been fantastic. We love interacting with you guys on social media and, you know, that's why we wanted to start out the show and again, keep the transparency up because that's what we have done since the very, very beginning. But that being said, Jay, let's get into some, you know, actual, well, not actual football, but let's talk about the football that's coming up here shortly. Now, the first thing I want to mention before we get into our predictions here, folks, is the Jacksonville Jaguars have named your 2021 captains, and those captains include defensive end Josh Allen, cornerback Shaquille Griffin, linebacker Miles Jack, wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr., safety Rayshon Jenkins, center Brandon Linder, 
and your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. So, Jay, honestly, this was, as far as the names that were listed, it was like the most unsurprising list I've ever seen coming from a captain's list. I mean, we talk about guys here that some new guys, some some guys, some you know familiar faces, a really, really good mix. And my question is, you know, did Rayshon Jenkins and Shaquille Griffin just put 50 votes in for each other and it didn't matter who else was voted for? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it went. You know, Shaq and Shaquille worked there. Uh, excuse me, Shaquille and Rayshon worked at Magic. And, you know, everybody else that didn't get enough adequate votes was just left out to dry. I mean, then again, I don't think about it, though. Miles Jack led the voting um, I don't know if you said that, but he led the polling according to Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence ranked third. So yeah, yep. and again, like Shaq and Rayshon uh, <laughs> maybe didn't have a say in it that much. But um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's kind of an unsurprising list. I will say this. I think it was surprising in the sense that Josh Lambeau wasn't named a captain because, you know, typically there is a, the way they done it in the past, if I can recall, there is a, Offensive, defensive, and special teams captain. And I think it's another set of captains for each unit. So six in all normally. Um, I might be wrong on that. I'll have to look back and research how they did it last year to see. But, I mean, from if, if they changed the format, and then it's kind of not surprising that Josh Lambeau didn't get voted in as a captain. But, I mean, like I guess it would have been nice. I just think, I think like, it would have been nice to have that representation of a core special teamer as one of the captains, in my opinion, but for whatever reason uh, that didn't happen. And um, the, the guys that they have before us though, is, is pretty dope. I love the video that they put out in terms of introducing everybody as a captain, especially when Brandon Linder's friend who said he was a cancer survivor said that Brandon Linder had been through him every step of the way. And they hit home with me because Very cool. uh, Very my, cool. Father, yeah, was a cancer survivor as well. Uh, shout outs to the late Flap Johnson. But uh, yeah, that, that hit home and just it was nice to see, you know, Brandon Linder looking out for a good friend and his friend looking out for him. And, you know, that's what it's about, man. Like people forget there are also people off of this, off of the football field as well. And, you know, they have family and friends to care for off of the field as well. And it's good to see Brandon Linder doing his part on that end as well. So yeah, man, I mean, that was an all around dope concept. Um, you know, it was going to be a big deal probably because of how urban Meyer likes to structure his teams and, you know, to have that many captains makes a lot of sense for urban Meyer. And he said, you know, he, he puts a lot into that, especially coming from Ohio state and Florida and whatnot. And uh, these are a, a good set of guys to lead this team through the, the thick and thin of this upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. And just to reference that video again, you know, really, really cool for the coaching staff to put that together for the team captains. And it was just kind of funny, you know, you see Josh Allen and Marvin Jones Jr. There, you know, they got their families introducing them and, and you know, saying they're going to be team captains. And then you have Marissa Lawrence, just her and the dog telling Trevor that he's going to be a team captain. And it's just a reminder of how young Trevor Lawrence is. You know, he hasn't necessarily, they haven't necessarily started their family yet. And uh, it was just really, really funny. And it just kind of shows you, you know, the variety of, of players you have on this team, of course, with the rookies and then also some veterans like Marvin Jones and Brandon Linder. So really, really cool. And yeah, like you mentioned, Jay, last year, Josh Lambeau was a special teams captain. So it is interesting that this time around, he was uh, not given that honor. And yeah, by the way, um, Brandon Linder's friend, because I don't like to just 
say this person's friend or ex or case may be without calling them by name, but his friend's name was Steve Telson. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Steve, man. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that that was just a heartwarming story to hear from Brandon Linder, who who already seems like a family guy anyway. I think he got married recently, by the way, like within the last few months or so, if I'm not mistaken, or proposed or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, he's always been a family guy, man, and it was just heartwarming to see that unfold and, and whatnot. But, yeah, like you said, man, good group of captains. And, um, you know, I think these guys are definitely more than qualified to lead us through the season. Absolutely. So congratulations to all of the team captains here on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now we want to get into some predictions for the season. Really quick, before I do that, I do want to relay some exciting news. Our podcast is actually partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everybody. Here's how it works. You sign up for the contest using Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com, and then you get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll, and that's playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. All right, everybody, so let's go ahead and get into our first prediction here, which is the overall record. Now, if you want to see a game-by-game breakdown of this, Jay actually put an article out a couple hours ago, so if you're listening to this uh, after September 9th, the, the article went out on September 9th, and we'll actually link it in the show notes of this episode so you can check out a full breakdown. Uh, but pretty much what we are going to do is just give you, you know, what we think the overall record is going to be. Now, Jay, this has been really interesting for us to discuss over the last couple of weeks because neither one of us think the AFC South is very strong. And, you know, I think we both think that the Jaguars can come away with quite a few wins out of the division. And then if you look at the rest of the schedule, there are certainly some winnable games. You know, you look at, of course, a matchup with the Dolphins or the matchup with the Jets and the matchup with the Falcons. You know, there are some games here that the Jaguars can certainly win out of division. So that made this really, really difficult prediction to totally, you know, nail down. So I'll let you go first here. Uh, if you want to go, you know, completely off of the, of course, the article you put out earlier today, and then, you know, I'll give my prediction. We'll see. And, you know, we're, we're pretty similar as far as, where we landed based on, you know, this article that you put out earlier today. Yeah, man. So you, like you said, it's, this is a hard season to predict in terms of what's going to go down. Uh, so many moving pieces, not just with the Jaguars themselves and having a rookie quarterback and having a first year NFL head coach. But the, like you said, you look around the division, uh, the Colts with Carson Wentz, we don't know what he's going to be. You know, we've praised Frank Wright on this um, podcast many, many times. I've even mocked them a few times in a few voice memos, just joking on them that I send to you and Boogie occasionally. <laughs> but uh, make no mistake about it, like a lot of people, including myself, believe he is one of the best GMs in football. Uh, but the answers, you know, you don't know what they're going to get out of Wentz and all of the injuries. Is he going to be healthy? Uh, this, that, and the other. Um, and then, you know, we, you could pretty much concretely say what the Titans are going to be 
And you can pretty much concretely probably say what the Houston Texans are going to be. But between the Jags and the Colts, it's just a, a wide variety of things that could happen there. So in the end, when I uh, did my whole schedule and tallied the wins and losses, and even this might be a stretch, but I kept getting stuck at six games. And then I saw that projection or uh, that simulation on ESPN which had them at, what was it, nine games? Nine so what eight. I did, I went... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went them in, at nine and eight. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, right? So I went in between those two. I went in between the simulation and what I kept getting, which was six wins. So I went with seven wins, seven and nine is what I got them at. And I mean, like, seven and nine, the casual fan outside of the Jaguars fan base might think that's not achievable. But again, they play in the AFC seven South. And seven and ten, I'm sorry. Yeah. They play in the AFC South, and anything can happen in the AFC South. We've seen it. 2017 was a prime example. The Jaguars just came out of nowhere. And, I mean, granted, there were some injuries in there for other teams, but they just came out of nowhere and kind of just birthed the whole Saxonville thing and, uh, you know, went to the AFC Championship. Nobody saw that coming. So, you know, 7-10 is a record that, of course, that would – Urban Meyer wouldn't like that, of course. And it's uh, about 50% of the fan base that went like that. But realistically, like if you're Urban Meyer, I don't know if he'll look at it this way and you're the fan base. If you look back at a seven and 10 record, that's a record that you can be happy with, especially when you come from winning just one game and winning the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And regardless of how Urban Meyer feels about his ability and his track record with, you know, winning every place he's been. And don't get me wrong. I, w- I hope that he could get the start that he's got at Utah and the start that he got at Bowling Green and Ohio State and, and, and UF and turn us around instantly. Don't get me wrong. That's I, I hope he can do that. But realistically, you know, even the greats that have come from the, the you know, the college coaching realm and been first year head coaches, they haven't been able to turn it around that quickly, typically, I think Jimmy Johnson may have been able to turn his team around pretty quickly. But that being said, this is still a record, whether Urban Meyer recognizes it or not. This is a record that he can hang his hat on, that the fans can hang their hat on. Because, look, that's a six-win improvement from last year. You know, that means you're just one free agency class and one draft class away from being actually solid. And, you know, from that perspective – I wouldn't be necessarily upset, even though I want to go to the Super Bowl. That's always the expectation. But I wouldn't be upset with that because it's real, you know, that's kind of a realistic expectation. And, you know, the Jaguars might sneak a game in here and surpass that five, six win threshold. They might sneak a team or two. And if they do, that's fine. Seven and 10 is a, 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 a you know, a major improvement from where we were. And uh, yeah, like that, I would definitely be optimistic if that were to happen when January comes. I think that's when the season ends, some point in January. I'd be so optimistic about that and where they can go forward, especially with Trevor Lawrence having a year under his belt and that defense as well. You know, like everybody will be acclimated at that point and the chemistry will be there. This is such a unique schedule for it to happen for Jacksonville in the year that they get a generational quarterback. I mean, Looking at some of these opponents, Jay, like it just lined up so perfectly that he plays so many other young quarterbacks this season. I mean, barring injury, look who he's going to play against. Week three, Kyler Murray. Week four, Joe Burrow. 
Week six, Tua Tungvaloa. Week nine, Josh Allen. Week 11, possibly Trey Lance at San Francisco or versus San Francisco. Uh, and then you look at the stretch, six, week 16 and 17, Zach Wilson and then Mac Jones. I don't remember the last time something like that happened as far as like him playing other quarterbacks from the same draft class. He could play the other three quarterbacks that were taken in the first round, which is just absolutely insane to think about. And we don't need to see again. We, we don't, I don't think most of us are, are expecting nine and eight, like the ESPN simulation predicted, but we want to see some of these games, some of these marquee opponents, you know, Seattle, Buffalo, San Francisco, the Rams. We want to see them perform well against some of these teams. And I think they can win one of those games. I think they can shock somebody and maybe upset someone that's maybe overlooking them. And, you know, of course, all this depends on, you know, health and all that kind of stuff. And how is Trevor progressing? How is the, uh, how is everybody acclimating to the new schemes and all that stuff? And I still landed at six and 11, but I really wanted to go eight and nine, but I just couldn't do it quite yet just because we haven't necessarily seen the full product yet. We haven't seen Trevor Lawrence play with DJ Chark, James Robinson, Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chanel, and Tyron Johnson. We haven't seen it. We don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, Jacob Hollister now coming in as well, who I think is going to actually have a bigger impact on this team than I think a lot of people are, are expecting him to. But I still landed at 6-11 and 11 here, Jay. I'm interested to see what you think about that. You know, like I said, not really far off at all from where you landed. But... Also, I want you to ask or, or answer, you know, out of those games that I mentioned, Buffalo, San Francisco, the Rams, as well as the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, these are four teams that, you know, have Super Bowl aspirations based on, you know, their, the talent they have. Which one of those four games do you think they could pull off an upset if you had to pick one? Uh, I definitely think it could be the Niners because we don't, we, if you base this off of what we saw from the Niners last year, the Niners... For one, and I put this in my article on my prediction on jaguarswire.com. First and foremost, will the Niners be healthy at that point? Because they were beat the hell up last year at that point. You know, they lost Jimmy Garoppolo. They lost a lot of players. Will they have similar luck to the point where they're just kind of super injured at that point? And I'm not saying that in a, you know, in a way that we'd be happy about. I'm just saying, like, just based off the past, for them, they're looking at it this way, too. Like, we got to stay healthy this year. Uh, so that being said, they are the biggest question mark in terms of, like, they could be very, very good or they could be very, very bad. And another factor to go into that, as you said, will Trey Lance be playing? I have a hard time believing, and you might have to look up the date on this, but I have a hard time believing that Kyle Shanahan can hold his stuff together enough to keep, Trey Lance on the uh, the bench that long. I think that itch will hit him by then, and he'll want Trey Lance on the field full-time. I know they they kind of mentioned that he would maybe get in on some package-type deals, but I'm talking about as a full-time type of quarterback. I they think play week 11, November 21st. So that's right around the trade deadline. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was getting at. Who knows? They might trade Jimmy Garoppolo by then, you know, just knowing – uh, you know, how high of a pick they invested Trey Lance, uh, into Trey Lance, who was, what, third overall pick? He went after Wilson, uh, like, directly after Wilson, if I'm not mistaken. So that's the one that I think the Jaguars could win just because it's a big question mark, even for 49ers fans and the 49ers. Uh, the other ones are kind of extremely difficult to win. The Jags have to travel to Seattle. 
Uh, you know, we all know how the 12th man is, and we all know the Jaguars don't travel to the West Coast that well. They have to travel to the Rams. We all know the Rams are a well-rounded team, and they're probably better than before because they have Matthew Stafford now instead of Jared Goff behind center. So I think that one they can't win, or they they uh, they probably will lose. But I won't rule out this also. I won't rule out them making one of those games or two of those games close. Because when you get late in the season, sometimes what you do is you'll catch one of these very elite teams slipping. Prime example, when the Rams slipped up against the Jets, right? And that was the game that got us into the Trevor Lawrence sweet states, basically. But sometimes, you know, these teams are beat up and kind of tired at the end of their, you know, schedule. And that could be the Rams. Maybe the Jaguars put up a better fight there than expected. We'll see. But yeah, of those teams, I think the Jaguars have the big, uh, the best chance to upset the Niners. I'll also add this too. The reason why I came to seven wins total is also because I'm not ruling out the possibility to sweep Indy or to sweep the Titans. And I know like a lot of people, that was going to be one of my bold predictions, but I had them splitting with both teams, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I have to go back and look at it, but I don't think that highly of the Titans. I've always said that in terms of them being a little bit overrated. And they've just always caught us with very poor quarterback play. We have Trevor Lawrence now. That might even the gap. Remember, Gardner Minshew almost beat them boys week two of last year. I think that was week two. Took them to the limit. Shootout. Yeah, and Gardner Minshew beat them in that Thursday night football game, remember, that we talked about some years ago. They're not unbeatable if you have the right quarterback play. I know that's the, you know, that's the thing with every team. You got to have the right quarterback, but especially when it comes to Jags, Titans, if your quarterback play is just good enough, you could beat them, in my opinion, especially with them being a divisional rival and just the Jaguars understanding who they are. So that also helps as well. Uh, so I wouldn't rule out them, you know, sweeping the Titans or the Colts, you know, and. Maybe that helps them to get to seven wins or whatever the case may be. Again, with the Colts, we don't know what Carson Wentz is going to be. We don't know if he's going to be healthy. Can't rule that out. So we'll see. But, yeah, it's a definitely interesting schedule, to say the least. Yeah, I was leaning towards the San Francisco game as well as far as those four teams. It, it may have been Seattle if it were here. But like you said, you know, traveling out to Seattle is just such a tough ask to do. And with that 12th man, selfishly, I hope it's the Rams because – you know, myself and uh, my other co-host, Mr. Eric Almighty, our buddy Eric Cerna, will be out there in L.A. to go see SoFi Stadium in person with my sister. So that's going to be really, really exciting. Um, Hopefully we don't get stuck in the middle of a fight amongst their own fans. I don't know if you guys saw that over on social media. They fight each other in preseason. So hopefully, you know, we, of course, we're sitting on the Jaguar sideline. So hopefully we can avoid all that. But selfishly, I hope it's the Rams game. I would certainly love to go in there and take a win at SoFi Stadium. So. We'll see that where that, uh, you know, what happens there. But yeah, like I said, six and 11 for me, again, not too different from from where you landed. Really wanted to go eight and nine, but couldn't do that quite yet. I like the the whole they fight each other thing. <laughs> like They do, man. They, they, they were taking each other out. I know you saw that video, right? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I saw, like it was some groundbreaking like discovery. Like, yeah, over there in L.A., they, they, they throw hands with each other, not just in the preseason. <laughs> In the and preseason, so that's that's terrible, man. Come on, like it's a game that don't even count, man. They probably they probably didn't even put any starters in in that game, and then they out there throwing. Hands probably not even Rams fans, honestly. They just had better. Rams co- <laughs> colors on. So. 
who the hell knows, man. But all I know is I'm really excited to go to that game, of course. And, uh, you know, I'll make sure to post a whole bunch of pictures of that crazy stadium. I'm, I'm sure I won't, it, it will, it won't even translate via pictures. So still very excited for that trip, but let's move into some of those bold predictions here, Jay, that you just teased just a moment ago. And, uh, you know, I'll go first here. Now, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know, my crazy bold prediction last year fell so far off that it is now infamous, you know, within our listener base and also our friend group, Jay, because I believed in one future all pro tight end Josh Oliver when no one else did. And now look at him on the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if he's second or third string. I have to look at the Ravens depth chart, but you know, I believe in Josh Oliver still do and always will. So having learned from the past, I will not be going that extreme this time around, but it does not mean that I don't still believe in Josh Oliver. I just wanted to bring him up, but I'll go first here, Jay. And you know, this may not necessarily be the, uh, the hottest of takes here or boldest of predictions, but I want to talk about a guy who we have talked about, you know, and, and, and uh, mentioned very, very highly over the last few weeks. And that is Andre Cisco. I actually was at a Jaguar event this past week, uh, again, with our aforementioned buddy, Eric Cerna, uh, for first time season ticket holders, since I will be a first time season ticket holder. So the Jaguars put on a really cool event. And at that event, they had Andre Cisco join via Zoom or something along those lines, Microsoft Teams, I think it might have been. And, you know, really, really great to see him. Seems very excited for the season. And uh, my bold prediction that I landed on, Jay, was that Andre Cisco is going to lead rookies in interceptions. And, you know, given his history in college, that's why I felt like it wasn't necessarily the boldest of predictions. But, you know, for a guy that was taken later on, a guy that was is coming off of injury and may or may not start, you know, of course, Jaguar Twitter's losing their minds over that. But I, I believe in Andre Cisco, as our buddy Joe DeLeon does, over I believe as well so that is what I think what, what say you Jay as far as my Andre Cisco prediction yeah I don't rule that out and I'll go as far as saying since you said it I won't I wouldn't doubt that he gets a pick in uh the first game yeah he might get them all against Houston actually the two games against Houston might be enough <laughs> he also oh, plays man. Matt Ryan in week 12 so <laughs> hilarious bro Look, man, if Andre Cisco get eight picks and four is from the first Houston game and four are from the second Houston game. I'm going to Google the rookie record for interceptions. Uh, that would be hilarious. I mean, didn't Calais Campbell get like two or three or four sacks against the Texans that one year in 2017? Saxonville was born, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, that's a little extreme saying he's going he's gonna to get four picks per Texas game. <laughs> I do think he'll get one. Joe Cullen um, said it in the press conference that he is close to Dewey Wingard in terms of, you know, being ready to play or being ready to be the starter. They said that they they will rotate. I think Dewey Wingard is going to get the first series and then I think Cisco will come in and I guess they'll do it that way. We'll see how that kind of works out or whatever the case may be. That might be hard to establish a rhythm for both players, but regardless, uh, he's going to play in the first game. He can make an impact in the first game. And that's all it takes. You know, you can get some momentum from that first game or whatever the case may be and carry it throughout the season. And, I mean, we've seen it, you know, with this Baltimore Ravens scheme. We talked about it with, uh, with I think it was uh, Kevin Ostriker, of how, you know, this scheme is kind of one that safeties get excited about. I mean, you've seen it firsthand. You know how they move around. 
Rayshawn Jenkins often, me and you were looking at some film cuts. And we're like, dude, look at the movement at the line of scrimmage. The safeties are moving. The linebackers are moving around. So, you know, Andre Cisco is going to get his opportunity to move around on his defense as well. And he could be very effective in the process. Well, I just looked up the rookie record for interceptions. It's held by one night train lane of the L.A. Rams, 1952, 12 games played, Jay, 14 interceptions. So I don't know if Andre Cisco is going to hit that. But he does five. He does have five extra games to do so. Uh, I'm not again. Not sure if he's going to hit 14, but that is the record. <laughs> Dude, Night Train is a legend first and foremost. Okay, I mean everybody know that. I mean anybody that's played Madden and played like what is it the All Madden team? <laughs> right, he's always on there. Yeah, <laughs> he's always on there. Oh, honestly, gee, man. the only other recent player on this list with as far as 16 games, the next person that played 16 games was Everson walls of the Dallas Cowboys, 16 games played 11 interceptions. But the most recent player on this list is actually oddly enough. It's Marcus Peters, who's had six, who had eight interceptions, his rookie year in 2015. And of course we just heard the, you know, the awful news about not only him, but also Gus Edwards, you know, the Ravens just, you know, being riddled with injuries here early on and pre uh, before the season even starts. So hopefully, you know, um, quick recovery, for both of those guys. But yeah, he's the most recent guy on the list uh, in 2015. So I'm not saying that he's going to get 14 or 15 interceptions for Cisco, but I mean, I eight seems like a reasonable number. Obviously that would be fantastic, but you know, I still think as far as rookies go, you know, we saw Antoine Winfield come in last year, have a big impact on the Tampa Bay bucks. Now, of course that's a super bowl team, but you know, granted, I, I think Cisco has a chance, you know, to play some big minutes and make some big plays for sure. So Jay, Let's hear what you landed on as far as your bold prediction this year. Yeah, coincidentally, it deals with a young defensive back, a second-year player in C.J. Henderson, who I believe could have an all-pro season. Um, He is talented enough to do it. I've spoken highly of him in the past. Everybody know, like me and Phil had a conversation, C.J. Henderson or Tyson Campbell, and I explained why, you know, C.J. Henderson is the better of the two. He really showed us some in the preseason. Granted, it's the preseason, and he's not playing starters necessarily. But I am starting to understand and see, and I I, kind of get it, or I kind of understood it when they made the pick of why he was drafted so high. And his uh, potential is through the roof, and I think he's a guy that in this Joe Cullen scheme, you know, is predicated around, as, as Kevin told us, around pressures, not necessarily sacks. And I think a lot of those pressures could be favorable for guys, like you said, like Andre Cisco, could be favorable for guys like C.J. Henderson. So I think he can uh, he could do it. I think the last person to do it was what Jalen Ramsey. Now look, the thing is, why why it's going to be harder for Henderson to do it? Probably. Well, no, this doesn't really matter in the All Pro vote. It what what matters is the stats, I guess. So. That being said, disregard that. I was going to say, you know, Jay, Jalen Ramsey is a little bit more flamboyant and, you know, he he would garner more eyes than Henderson would because Henderson is a quiet person. But that being said, I mean, it's really predicated on stats. And I think Andre, uh, excuse me, CJ Henderson has the potential to really pad the interceptions category. One of the keys is going to have to be, however, aside from pressure, of course, which pressure and interceptions go hand in hand but the other thing to watch is his health too if he has a similar season like last year where he's not 
all that healthy is, and is dealing with injuries throughout the season, this might not happen. Uh, but I guess this is more so a testament of the talent that I think uh, C.J. Henderson has as a defensive back. And um, if it happens, man, you know you ain't going to hear the end of me on Twitter. You ain't going to hear the end of me on the podcast. So everybody just hope it doesn't happen because I'm going to let everybody know and I'm going to let everybody know for at least a week or so when it does happen. So <laughs> uh, go ahead, C.J. Henderson. I can't believe I'm putting my faith in the Florida Gator, but you know, the- <laughs> that's the Urban Meyer effect, man. Uh, maybe I think I think Urban has just gotten to you here. But yeah, that's another one that I, I really, really like. And if it doesn't happen, it's not because of lack of ability, because I think we have seen plenty of film on C.J. Henderson to know this guy can certainly play. We just have questions about his durability, his availability. And we kind of saw his worth when those reports started to come out that maybe the team was going to move him. Like you said, you know, all of a sudden we knew that teams coveted CJ Henderson. Did they covet him at number nine or, or 10, wherever he went, it's escaping me right now. Maybe not, but it, it wasn't necessarily too far after that. If anything, you know, people, coveted cj henderson because he's a talented guy yeah i mean like to kind of for comparison's sake here i think you know henderson can have a antoine will uh antoine Jun- uh, winfield jr not the father type of impact like he had for uh his team last year so i mean like if that's the case man that won't be too far off from all pro status and like i say if he could pad the interceptions category that would help um, again, it's it's not gonna be the easiest because he doesn't have elite pass rushers, and but in the same time, that would make the case for him, right? Like here, here is this kid in his second year. Uh, he he's patting the interceptions category if he can do it. That is, and you know he doesn't have necessarily a Von Miller and a Bradley Chubb to to aid him to that. So I think that would kind of make the case for him. And that's what kind of makes it possible for him to be an all pro. I know a lot of people are listening to this and say like, Oh, they'll never vote a Jaguar in the all pro. But again, like we're not that far removed from Calais Campbell and Jalen Ramsey doing it. And, you know, I think it was the second team all pro in AJ Boyer that year. And it might've been one more guy that was a second team all pro. So like we've, we've done it in years where we sent almost four people to the all pro team. You know, we've done it in the past, so there's proof that it can be done. Uh, it's just going to be a little harder for CJ to do than the guys we mentioned from 2017. But, you know, the he, the talent is there for him to do it. 2017, as far as first-team All-Pro here, Jay, according to Pro Football Reference, Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, and then as you mentioned, I believe A.J. Boye was, uh, was second-team All-Pro as well. So um, I don't have that up here in front of me. But, yeah. It's certainly possible. And, you know, we know, like we said, we know that CJ is talented enough to make that happen. So uh, those are our, uh, you know, bold predictions here for the season. We definitely want to hear what yours are. So once we put this episode out, you know, check our social media page. We'll probably put up some kind of post to hear what you guys think is going to be, you know, something that's uh, maybe surprises a few people. But let's look into the league as a whole here, Jay and uh, talk about our Super Bowl predictions and maybe even our Super Bowl winners if we feel like doing that. So, you know, we were kind of going over this here before we started, you know, process of elimination kind of thing. I'm going to go first because mine's boring. And it's something that I have learned over the course of 32 years of my, my life. Well, I've been watching football maybe, you know, 
27 years of my of my life. And for 22 of those years, one thing that I've learned is don't bet against Tom Brady. <laughs> and every because every time that I did that, I was very, very much so embarrassed. So representing the NFC, I still have the Tampa Bay Bucks until someone proves me otherwise. Now, there are a couple other teams that we considered here, Jay, and you're, you're going to talk about them in a moment. The Packers, the Rams. I think there's maybe one or two teams that could really beat and dethrone Tampa Bay in the NFC. And it's one of those two teams. And then in the AFC, again, my pick is boring because it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I think we're going to get a rematch. The Chiefs are somehow better than they were last year, which is scary. And Jay, you and I even talked about, you said to me before we even recorded, you think that the Chiefs probably would have beat them if, if healthy. They probably beat the Bucks last year. And we're talking about back-to-back Super Bowl champions. So for me, again, boring pick but it's the most logical one. And in the end, I get to, I get to brag because I'm right. So Bucks and Chiefs for me. And, uh, you know, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, Phil is good and it's smart of you to embrace Tom Brady and his winning ways. And I learned that a long time ago because once I did learn it, Tom Brady won me a whole heap of money. <laughs> I say heap, <laughs> I say heap like you say in the South. So, yeah, with seven Super Bowls to his name, I think I've chosen Tom Brady. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong on this, on all of those Super Bowls that he's been in, or at least four of them that he's been in. Uh, aside from, I know one of them was definitely not the Falcons because, I'm, you know, I was hoping the Falcons would pull that off as, as an Atlanta Falcons fan secondarily. But I think for the most part I have, embraced him to win the Super Bowl. And yeah, I know he's won me a, a bunch of money, especially in the, uh, the late 2000s in terms of betting for him and what they did back then. So yeah, man, like once you embrace Tom Brady, man, your pockets get a little fatter if you went to gambling, you know what I'm saying? So now that you you with it, uh, you know, go ahead and just, it might be too late because the season has already started. I was about to say, go ahead and go to uh, to the your nearest bookie and and book some money on Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl and winning it all and get you some money. Then again, you probably won't win that much on that bet because no. I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I have to put money down on the Jaguars to win to win some money. <laughs> well, you know what, man? It was a guy I, I wrote about it. I think that won a whole ton of money uh, when they went to the AFC Championship in 2017 because he was like literally one of the only people that put a crazy amount of cash on him and they they actually did it. I guess he had the money to blow, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, in terms of uh, I guess I'll go into mines in terms of my prediction for the Super Bowl. I have uh Kansas City as well as the AFC champions. Like you said, man, they that offensive line might be better than it was before. Patrick Mahomes might be super clean in terms of anybody being able to get to him this year. And, I mean, we all know what he could do with the weapons that's around him. McCole Hartman, uh, he has uh, the Cheetah. He also has also Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is back, right? You know, he wasn't healthy all the last year. That definitely helps the offense. Travis Kelsey, the list goes on, man. So, it's just hard to see anybody beating them right now. Um, But there are some contenders that can, you know, maybe give them a little run for their money. We'll see in the playoffs. And then I have the L.A. Rams, um, and I know a lot of people ain't going to like that because of Jalen Ramsey going to the uh, championship as the NFC contender there. Now, in terms of the Super Bowl winner, I'm going to take Kansas City there. 
because again, like I don't think anybody could see them. Um, the Rams again would give them a run for their money, and the Rams would make it close. The Rams would make that an interesting Super Bowl. I do think that, and the Rams can beat them. I don't think they would in the Super Bowl situation. So, those are my two teams. Would be dope to see the Rams win that. I want to see Matthew Stafford win one as a Georgia fan. That's kind of why I went with that a little bit, uh, admittedly. Uh, but I mean, like they're just a good all-around team. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Uh, they have a good defense. They have two All Pros on defense. I might be missing one. They might have more than that. But you know, who better to choose? I mean, if you're gonna put a take out there, than the Rams and the Chiefs. You know, pretty good takes. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one that's going with that. Yeah, I actually, and I forgot to mention, I also have the Chiefs winning the whole thing again. I they're they're better and in, injury, you know taking with taking injuries out of it they're the, their best team in football they, they have the best quarterback i almost went with packers chiefs uh, i did it would just be absolutely wild for aaron Rodgers to maybe win a super bowl on his way out of green bay could you imagine a a super a quarterback that just won the super bowl now becoming you know available to every other team in the league that'd be absolutely insane if we're gonna get weird about it jay and i said this in our group text earlier today if we're gonna get weird Chargers and Washington football team. That's going to be my weird pick. And just because of the defense over in Washington and then believing in Justin Herbert, which, you know, for everything that we've seen is, is going to continue to make good strides. That's, that's my weird pick. I don't know if you have one. I'm going, I'm going Chargers and, and Washington. <laughs> no, have a, I didn't think of a weird one. Um, I mean, I, I thought about like in the NFC side, maybe putting San Fran in there. Uh, but I didn't really get around to putting in a um, a AFC team. So I mean that would be interesting though. I mean the Washington football team had a low key good defense. You know a lot of people don't realize how good a defense was. And then like when we got to the end of the season, people were like, "Oh man, uh, these guys are legit." Yeah, they've been legit. Okay, <laughs> they, right, like, right, right. So, like that. Right. Uh, but I mean, like, uh, and then you said the other one was the Chargers. Yes. Yeah, that would be interesting. I like Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, admittedly, like I was skeptical on him in the draft, but the Justin yeah, Herbert weekend in the NFL, man, is <laughs> that guy could sling it, man. And then Keenan Allen, always been a big fan of him. And I mean, like, I think like the Chargers always kind of hold his place in my heart because I like their jerseys too. So, you know, I've always kind of rooted for them a little bit on the side, uh, dating back to the LT days and all of that. So yeah, I could I wouldn't mind seeing that uh highly unlikely but if it did happen and somebody put money on it and booked that they are going to be one rich individual so <laughs> maybe you should have put some money on that one phil yeah maybe i should have uh maybe i'll check bet online still and, and see if maybe i can <laughs> throw some money down there on the chargers oh what i was going to say is that yeah one of the first jerseys i ever had jay was a ladanian tomlinson powder blue jersey so that was you know one of my um one of the better choices i've made in my uh, in my young life so uh, that's where we fall guys as far as you know record predictions for the team bold predictions and then super bowl predictions we certainly want to hear from you and again we'll probably put up a post over on social media so we can compare and contrast to what everybody else thinks uh, but that's about it for this week's episode guys we are excited to get into football here man there's there's a game going on right now obviously as i mentioned as we uh, are recording Looks like Dak Prescott is hooked up with CD Lamb. So if you have Dak or CD on your on your um, fantasy team, you should be uh, pretty happy right now. But Jay, let everybody know what they have to look forward to, of course, here on the podcast, but also over on the wire. 
yeah, on the wire, in terms of what we got to look forward to is uh, we pretty much, uh, this has been a, a very, very consistent week in terms of content. Shout out to Tyler. Now that I, you know, have a little extra hand or extra hands, should I say, Daniel and um, Robert have been helping out as well. And Will is going to help out later in the week. So we've tried to do a better job with getting y'all more content heading into the game, which I feel like we've done got plenty of listicles or we have plenty of listicles up we have our predictions up now as me and phil already discussed we have all kinds of information where you can preview what's going on with the texans um i did a behind enemy lines with texans wire which is up as well shout outs to mark lane who is the editor over there so anything you need man it's pretty much on there in terms of this week the key quotes the injury reports, me and Phil, and shout out to Phil for doing a good job and tweeting those out. You know, we've been posting those. I think I have to post Thursdays right now, like tonight when we get off this podcast. But we've been trying to get all that information out to y'all. And then in terms of the podcast, man, you know, we'll come back, swing back around next week. We'll talk about our thought process of hopefully what will be a win against the Texans. We'll preview the Cardinals, or excuse me, we'll preview, um, not the Cardinals, but uh Rock the Broncos first home game game that, you know, Phil already kind of previewed it in the last podcast and said he expects a loss there <laughs> in the hot sun, but nonetheless, we'll still preview it. Maybe get on a guess on that. And maybe I could get out, uh, get my man, John Heath over here from Broncos wire. One of the best Broncos uh, reporters over there, man. Like he does phenomenal work. He's one of the best wire editors too. So maybe we'll get him in or somebody to talk Broncos, but uh, we'll have plenty coming down the pipeline for you all in terms of, uh, you know, getting you prepared for the season and previewing the games that have passed and the games that are coming up afterwards. That's right, folks. So make sure to follow us over on social media. I believe in Jags pod and you can keep up with everything that's going on here on the show, as well as over on the Jaguars wire. You can find myself at Phil, the Filipino F I L I. P-I-N-O, and you can find Jay at SportsGrind underscore Don. Again, thank you guys so much. If you are enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcast. Again, you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. And shout out to Bet Online for sponsoring the show. Guys, that's it for us this week. Don't forget to believe in the Jaguars, but more importantly, believe in yourselves, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.